here today that you came to spend some time uh, with family this morning and worship. It is great. Uh, one of the, the incredible side effects of being able to just have one service for Christmas Eve is to see all of, yeah, Christmas Eve, I did it again. New Year's Eve is uh, to see all of you together. It's really awesome when we get the opportunity. We don't always get this because we have two services at 9 and 11, uh, but this is an awesome time for us to just be able to spend together, and uh, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, it is New Year's Eve. That means tomorrow, in actually 12 hours and 27 minutes, it will be 2024. Now, here's where you find out a little bit of information about yourself. You can easily distinguish whether you are an optimist or a pessimist in this one thought. Tomorrow means new life, new beginning, new expectations, or same old, same old. So you got to gauge that for yourself. I don't know where you're at right now, but that will, you, if you've ever wondered, am I an optimist or am I a pessimist? This is your day to find out because tomorrow you will, you'll, you'll either believe the, the best or the worst about what is to come. But one of the things that we wanted to do going into the new year, and we did this last year, is we'd love to have a church-wide prayer initiative. Uh, so we're kicking off 24 days of prayer for 2024. So hopefully you received one of our booklets on the way in here. There's 24 days of guided prayers that we're going to do together, things that we're going to agree on together as a church. There's places for you to put notes in here, some scriptures, some things for you to really contemplate as you're starting the new year. Uh, Listen, I know a lot of people, one of the simple things that comes to their minds is, I'd like to spend more time in the Bible in the new year. I'd like to spend more time with God. This is a great way to get you jump-started in the new year and also get us on the same page, praying together for things that really matter for our local church here, for our region, the Shenango Valley, and the world. These are things that are really important for us to pray for. If you did not get one of these, please make sure that you get one on your way out today. Uh, We are trying to limit them to one per household, Uh, so if you can grab one of those, that would be great. But please join us in our, our 24 days of prayer. How many of you believe that through prayer, God could do good things in 2024? I mean, that's the game changer for us in the things that we pray for is allowing it to be in God's hands. And, and I, I really love this idea because here's the reality of, of what New Year represents to us. And we just can't help it, okay? I was talking to the worship team before we come out. We pray every Sunday. You know, logically speaking, tomorrow is just another day, right? It's just another day. It's going to be a Monday, Thankfully, it's not a Monday where you have to go to work, right? But it's going to be a Monday. And, but here's the reality. We just can't escape it. There's something about the changing season, a new year, something new that is coming that really puts inside of us a thrill of hope. And that's what I want to speak about today is just this thrill of hope that, that a lot of us are holding on to. Or again, if you are some of the pessimists in the room today, maybe you're like, I got no hope about tomorrow, okay? Tomorrow's coming and that means nothing to me. It's going to be the same old, same things I've been dealing with for the last year that's going to be in the new year as well. I want to speak to both of those today because whether you are the most pessimistic person here or the most optimistic person here that thinks that tomorrow suddenly every worry in your life is going to go away and you're finally going to lose that 25 pounds listen it happens every year go you go into sam's club and walmart first thing you're going to see when you walk in slim fast it's not a coincidence they know they know they're like yeah they ate too much for christmas let's get the slim fast out there they we got to do this but there's a thrill of hope 
And I want to speak to that today because there's a reality of why we hope for these things. And, and for us as believers in Christ, what do we have to hope in? What, is our, what are we hoping for? And I really want to challenge us with that today. I want to read out of the book of Romans this morning. Um, if you'd like to, you can follow along with me on the screens. We have Bibles in front of you. You're welcome to get one of those out. Uh, the book of Romans you can find on page 941 where we're going to be going today if you're not familiar with where to find that. Uh, but I want to just start and read these verses, chapter 8, verses 20 to 25, um, because it really speaks to our human condition, where we're at, what we go through, what life is for us, why we experience the highs and lows, the, the peaks and valleys, the disappointments and the expectations. And let's, let's just look at this, what the Bible speaks to these realities. Romans 8, verse 20, here's what it says. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, hear this, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. I love as I'm reading through some of these scriptures, some of the things that we have to hope for, but there's another reality to this. He says, all the world has been subjected to the curse. We're like, the curse, what's the curse? What does that mean? When sin came into the world, you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. God makes this beautiful, perfect world with, for them that is without pain, without struggle, without frustration. And listen, we, we talked about this a few months ago, or a few months ago. God made everything perfect and we broke it. We messed it up, okay? So it says the whole world has been groaning because it's under a curse. And, and then it goes on to say even further, even we believers are groaning. Now, I went and I did some word search here, some, some study with the original languages here. That word groaning, uh, let me translate it for you for 2023-24. It means complaining. Does that, does that sound right? The whole world is complaining. Right? And this is what Paul is speaking to the first century Roman church, okay? This is not long after Jesus' ascension. He's saying the whole world is complaining because they're stuck under the curse. And then he says, look at this even a step further. Even we believers, those who have Jesus, we're complaining too. Because we're stuck in the same broken world that everybody else is a part of. It's always been this way for us, and it's never going to change. And sometimes, can we just be honest, that can bring a little bit of despair to us. We're, we're hoping with this expectation that the ministry of Jesus was about fixing this broken world. Here's the reality. That is not what Jesus came to save in fact, we can see in the book of Revelation that the culmination of God's ministry through Jesus is that everything that we know of this world is going to pass away and be gone, and God is going to give us a new heaven, a new earth, and what it even says right here, because this is what we need after eating too much for the last month, new heavenly bodies. Aren't you grateful? Your heavenly body is going to be so skinny. 
and you won't even have to work for it. You just wake up and you'd be like, wow, no mirrors in heaven because there's, you know, we don't want any of that stuff going on. But this is what it speaks to. And, and this is the reality of what we face and what Jesus said, even in his own ministry. You go into Luke chapter 12, around verse 50 and 51. Jesus says this, I have not come to bring peace to the world. I've actually come to set the world on fire. Whoa, 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 Jesus, what are you talking about? And then he says, I wish it was already on fire. I wish it was all, why? Because he said, this world and everything in it represents the brokenness and the separation between me and you, you and God, and I don't want anything of this world. I wish it would all be burned up and gone away so that we could have the new heavens, the new earth, that the broken world could be gone. Church, here's the truth. Maybe anybody's experienced this. Life's hard. Anybody want to testify? Life's hard. It's not easy. Why? Because it's a broken world. Relationships are hard because it's a broken world. Health, finances, all of it. It's a broken world. And here's where the the rub comes in for us is because we have this expectation, well, when I come to Jesus, he's going to fix all of that. And then when it doesn't get fixed, sometimes we don't question the world that we live in. We question the God who created it. Well, God, why aren't you fixing this broken world? Why aren't you changing it? Why aren't you making it better? Well, here's the reality. Jesus did give us something to make it better, but we're missing it. And this is what we want to look at. I want to look at verse 23 again here. He says this again, we believers also groan, complain, right? We also complain, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Doesn't that sound good? Like, hey, 2024 is the release of sin and suffering for everybody in the room. Wouldn't that be like, ha, 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 yay. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. We're waiting with expectation for a new hope of what God's going to give us, what he promised us, what he said he would give us. But then here, what does he say? You're complaining and groaning even though I've given you something already. I've given you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit represents this, okay? How many of you have ever gone to Sam's Club before? Okay, listen, the best time to go to Sam's Club is when they're doing the samples, right? Because you're just, I mean, I'm not saying personally, but I've heard of people who will do a full meal on this, okay? That would not be enough to feed me, I'm just saying. I've heard of others who did that. But here's what it looks like, right? You can walk around Sam's Club and they've got all these little food carts set up and they're like, here, try this, ooh, try this, mmm, try this. I don't know what's wrong with people in Ohio because I was in the Sam's Club in Ohio and they were sampling beer. I was like, what? You can't just go giving away beer to people. Anyway, that was, a, that was a strange situation. Here's what it looks like, though. And if you're like me, right, you try a taste of something, and it's like, ooh, that was so good. And they're like, oh, well, it's over in aisle nine. You go over to bay four, and you'll see it right there, and it's on sale this week. You buy five of them, and you get $4 off. So you walk over, and you look at it, and you're like, whoa, that's expensive. You think if we circle back, she'll know? And we circle back again, and we get another sample, Right? This is, exactly, this is exactly what Paul is speaking to in reference to the Holy Spirit. He says, you, you've been given a foretaste, a savory sample of the things that are to come. Here's the problem. 
much like in our trips through Sam's Club, the real deal was going to cost too much. So we just kept circling back for more samples. That didn't satisfy us. That didn't satiate what was going on in us. That didn't take away the pain. Didn't take away the suffering. That didn't take away the hurt. That didn't take away the brokenness that's inside of us. We just kept coming back for a little sample here. And a little sample here. And a little bit here. And a little bit there. And he says, I've given you this as a foretaste of what is to come. Yes, there's the truth of the reality is that we're not on this side of heaven going to experience the fullness of what it means to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. But Jesus said of himself, it's good for you that I go away because when I'm gone, then I can send the gift of the Holy Spirit to you. I can put something inside of you that makes you more than a conqueror, an overcomer. That won't just keep you like, okay, it was a tiny little taste, a tiny little taste that you're going to have to dig into and have an appetite for more. Because here's the reality. When I taste that little cracker with the cheese or whatever they put on it at Sam's Club, I'm like, man, I would like 20 of these. Right? But you know they're going to catch on if you circle back 20 times. And even if you get all of your friends like, hey, Roman, can you go get me another one of those? Meredith, Meredith, come here. She hasn't seen your face yet. Come and get me another one of those. We're doing this in what it means to have a relationship with God and to sample the Holy Spirit. We come back. I'm going to go back to church and I'm going to get a little bit of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go back into the week. I jump into the Bible for a few minutes and I go back into my life the rest of the week. I, I spend a few moments in prayer, get a foretaste, a, a sample of the Holy Spirit and go back into work and back into the frustration. Never fully receiving what God wants to give us. And then wondering why the very thing that he said should fill us as believers with hope is escaping us. Because it costs too much. It costs too much. Well, I'd have to spend more time with the Lord or I'd have to maybe change some of my lifestyle. I'd have to change some of the things that I do or places I go or ways that I act. I'd have to, I'd have to submit myself completely. To, it costs something. But in the midst of it, we live in a broken world that we continue to suffer through and that thrill of hope sometimes tends to escape us even though the promise of hope that was given to God through the Holy Spirit is right in front of us. And he says, don't just take a sample. Don't just take a, a morsel, a little bite. You can have all of me. Jump in full force. You can have all of me because I want to give you peace. Now here's where it gets really difficult for us because our concept of peace is not the same as God's concept of peace. Do you know what we think of when we think of peace? God, fix everything in my life and I will have peace. Do away with that coworker who's driving me insane and I will have peace. Could you get rid of that family member? Could you get rid of this neighbor? Could you get rid of that car that I just can't stand? Fix it, God we look through scripture, we see this. And the, the peace of God is referenced very differently. And I just have a few scriptures here that I wanted to reference for you. But in Matthew 5, 9, God, Jesus says this, you're blessed if you go and create peace. He says the peacemakers will be called sons of God. Go make peace. 2 Thessalonians three sixteen, we see this is the way that Paul signs off in nearly every one of his letters. He says, may you have peace in all situations and through all circumstances. Now look at the very big difference here. He is not praying the blessing of circumstantial, situational peace. 
He's saying, even in the midst of the most terrible things, may the peace of God still be upon you. Through the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4, 7, he says, God will give you peace that can surpass all understanding. Luke 12, 51, Jesus says, I did not come to bring peace to the earth. That's right where he says, I wish already the earth was on fire, that it could pass away because I want the new heavens, the new earth. Romans 5, 1, that there's to be peace between us and God, not us and the world. Galatians 5, 22, that peace is in fact a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We're never going to get it by nibbling on the crumbs. A new year is not going to change anything. Teaching yourself to write 2024 instead of 23 isn't going to make the difference. The thrill of hope is not in the change of the calendar. It's not in the change of the, the seasons. It's not in the change of the circumstances. True hope is found in relationship with God and the impartation of the Holy Spirit. He says, this is what I gave you for your hope and for your peace. This is what I gave you for your hope and peace. And we finish with this, Romans 8, verses 24 and 25. It says, we were given this hope when we were saved. When do we get it? The second you ask Jesus into your heart. The moment that you say, God, I am yours. I surrender my life to you. I want to be your follower. I want to trust you. I want to be on the path that you have for me. I want you to direct my footsteps. Come into my life and be my savior. The second that you made that profession of faith, here's what it says. You were given this hope when you were saved. Because you're no longer a part of this world. Jesus said, yeah, you're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart, I've overcome it. I beat it. I won. Go to the end of the Bible and you can read it. I, I win. And you do too because of me. And he says this. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Here it is. Some have the peace of God, some don't. Sometimes the peace of God feels like it's right in front of what I'm going through in my situation. And sometimes it feels like it's the furthest thing from me. And you know what we do? We start self-medicating. Well, maybe I'll find hope in this, or maybe I'll find hope in that. And listen, you know, we, we, some of them were like, well, I, I don't do like drugs and alcohol to escape my, my situations or I don't do those things. Listen, we have all kinds of things that we use to escape our situations. Things that we use to dull the pain inside of us. Things that we use to distract us from the brokenness surrounding us so that we don't have to think about it. We look to entertainment. We look to sports. We look to relationships. We look to food. We look to all kinds of things to try to find some kind of release. And then here's Jesus saying, you've already got all the hope that you're ever going to need. Stop chasing everything else. You're not going to find more hope by spending an extra hour on your phone this year. You're not going to find more hope and more peace in your life through a new relationship. You're not going to find hope and peace this year simply through situational differences and changes the impartation 
the gift of the Holy Spirit is the thrill of hope for the believer. Even though we live in a world that we complain about, he says, even we believers, we groan. Our lives aren't perfect. Anybody, your life is just perfect? I'm good, God. You don't need to change a single thing. All of it is peachy. Here I am. I don't know, 2024, bring it on. I hope nothing changes. That is not our existence. But there is a hope in the midst of all of it. And I want to encourage you as you get ready to turn the calendar later tonight, watch a little ball drop if you can stay up that late. Do the, do the thing Pastor my, Matt said. Go on YouTube, watch something. You'll, you'll convince yourself it's the new year. It's not about situational change. The thrill of hope is the Holy Spirit inside of us. And church, yes, it costs something. The gift of salvation, Jesus paid for it. It's free. Here, take it, receive it. But to live a life of righteousness to the glory of God, to be open and invitational to the Holy Spirit every day of your life, it takes work. It takes work. God's not going to walk up behind you in the midst of your struggle, pound you over the head and say, boom, now have the Holy Spirit. I wish he would do that. That'd be great. But he says, no, you've been given a foretaste. You've been given a sample. You've been given a sample of what it is. And if you dive in and grab a hold of the whole thing, a thrill of hope would rise up inside of you that is not connected to anything in your life, that's not connected to any circumstance, any outcome, anything you're hoping will change or you've become so convinced will never change. None of that matters because the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you is the thrill of God's hope and peace that He wants to give you this year. So before you run and buy more Slim Fast, before you write out your New Year's resolutions, before you list everything that you hope will change or go away, run to the well that never runs dry. You, you know, the reality of the things that we use for self-medicating, there's this thing called the law of diminishing returns. And, and we've all experienced it, right? Take your phone, for instance. Now, for those of you who maybe didn't grow up with a smartphone in your hand, at one point it was handed to you and you're like, wow, I don't know if I actually need this. And you put it in your pocket. But then you're like, well, I could check this thing out. Maybe 10 minutes just on this. But then suddenly 10 minutes wasn't enough. Well, maybe I'll jump into it for 20 minutes. And then you get your screen report one day. And to your shame, it tells you, your screen time's up 47% last week. Your screen time's up 38% in the last week. You average nine hours a day on your phone this year. If you're a teenager, that's probably light, I'm sorry. But here's the thing. Whatever it is that we look to, could be sports, could be recreation, could be entertainment, could be relationships. It is sometimes drugs and alcohol. It is sex and those things that we choose you can run after those things and that will always diminish and you're going to want more of it because you think that's what will make you happy. What if in 2024 you just made the decision, I'm going to look to Jesus for everything that I want. 
I'm going to look for the Holy Spirit to speak in and through me for the things that I feel that I lack. And I want to become insatiable. I want to become so hungry for the things of God. And I want to keep running back to the things of God over and over and over again that nothing else will ever be able to take its place again. Church, that could change your year for sure more than any other thing you'll try this year. I want to leave you with this. If you're looking this year for a thrill of hope, you will find no greater hope than the Holy Spirit. That's the gift we need. Will you pray with me? God, it's sometimes very eye-opening to realize that we already have everything that we need. Sometimes it can even feel a little deflating because there are moments when we don't feel like we have nearly enough. Lord, I pray that you would just speak into the midst of our brokenness. We who live in a broken world of disappointment and hurt and frustration, who are groaning, even though we're believers in Christ, Lord, there's a groaning from within us because we realize that we don't want to live forever in a broken world like this. But God, I pray that you would help us to see you are not a situational or circumstantial God. That you have not come to overcome the brokenness of a moment, but you've come to overcome the brokenness of our eternity. Lord, fix our eyes on this reality that eternity is ahead of us, that relationship with you is in front of us, that the pathway of peace between here and there is through your Holy Spirit. God, forgive us. There have been a lot of things that we've chased, that we've tried to put in the place of your presence. But I pray, God, that in this year, we would make a commitment to pursue you more than anything else and to watch and see how that radically transforms everything inside of us instead of us simply hoping for everything around us to get better. We love you, Lord. As we're in prayer, I just want to ask you if you're here today, and maybe even in the simplest terms, where it says you received that hope when you were saved, and you're like, why? Well, I, I never even got that far. I've never asked God to come into my heart and my life. I've never asked him to be the, the most important thing about me. I've never put him first. Maybe you did at one point, but you know of yourself, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I want to put God first because I want the hope of God inside of me. If that's you, can I just ask you to slip up a hand? I want to pray with you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, I see you. Thank you. Or maybe you're here today and the world in front of you doesn't look like sunshine and roses. And there are situations and circumstances that you know... <laughs> I honestly don't expect to change much this year. But if I could just have the gift of God's peace through the Holy Spirit, I'd take that and know that it's enough to sustain me. If that's you, can I just ask you to slip up a hand? I want to pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, quite a number of us. Thank you. 
Can I ask you to stand to your feet as we get ready to close together in prayer? I know for the sake of redundancy, it seems like we do this a lot, but if five or six people raise their hand, and even if one says, I need Jesus, we're going to pray together because that's what God has called us to. So I want to ask you to pray this with me, whether you raised your hand or not, but just for the sake of those who did. But this is where hope begins. This is where hope begins. It's in relationship with Jesus. So will you pray this with me? Lord Jesus, I need hope that I can only find in you. Come into my heart and into my life and save me from myself and this world. I put you first and choose you over me in Jesus' name. And God, I lift up those in this room, those who may be watching us online, that are in the middle of the struggle, God, and so many in here who raised their hand and said, that's where I'm at. I need the peace of God, which passes all understanding. I need the peace of God that is outside of my circumstance and my situation. And God, it's not something that I can give to any of them, but you have promised to all of them through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray right now, a powerful unleashing of your Holy Spirit across every person in this room and those watching us online to receive the hope of Christ inside of us. A hope that transcends our circumstances and situations. A thrill of hope that no matter what we face, the power of God working in and through me and around me is greater than anything I'll ever face. Lord, I pray that you would help them to see the cost and to willingly dive into relationship with you, to seek time in your presence, to invite your Holy Spirit, and to allow time for movement within our own hearts and our own spirits. God, you're the thing we need this year. And Lord, we thank you. For some of us, this was a tough year but you made, we made it through. You sustained us. Your faithfulness has guarded us and protected us. And for that, we give you glory. But God, as we get ready to turn the page into this next year, into 2024, we commit this year to you and saying, God, I don't want to chase after everything else that the world is chasing. I don't want to self-medicate with all the other distractions of this world. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus and I pray God that it would be all the difference in the world for us this year. I pray just as Paul did in so many of his letters, may the peace of God, which goes beyond all circumstances, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus in 2024. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, grab a hold of the thrill of hope because it's Jesus. It's nothing else that you will see this year. If you would like prayer, our prayer team will be up here at the front. We'd love to connect with you. Happy New Year. May the Lord bless you and your family.